Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam for our final Dirty Harry review, unless Clint Eastwood <laughs> releases like a you know a very late stage Dirty Harry movie before. Uh, they just you know, they just wrapped shooting on the new Indiana Jones movie, so they? don't rule anything out. And Clint Eastwood is still making movies. I saw he has a movie called Cry Macho that came out not too long ago, so it's always yeah. possible. Um, uh, so t- we're going to be doing the Deadpool today. This this came out in 1988. Uh, it was directed by Buddy Van Horn, um, who I think was like a secondary director in one of the earlier Clint, uh, one of the earlier Dirty Harry movies. And in this one, and I'm just reading off the IMDb page, Inspector Dirty Harry Callahan must stop a sick secret contest to murder local celebrities, which includes himself as a target. And I think that that pretty much encapsulates. <laughs> the story without getting into all of the thorny details um yeah so. I, I don't even movie cared too much about the story this time so you don't need to worry too much about it it it, yeah. it I, I was i'm on the fence of whether it didn't care enough or if it cared too much, <laughs> too much. yeah uh, <laughs> okay i could go yeah yeah i think there are arguments in both directions there so. yeah but uh yeah so i want to know what your thoughts are on this movie because i mean i've i've i i've i've uh i think i spoke about this film on on an, an, uh, a separate podcast after I had seen, after I'd done my Dirty Harry uh, fiesta over the summer. So uh, I, I think my thoughts are out there. I might have posted about it on RPG Pub or something. So uh, I'm, okay. I'm most curious about your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I, I uh, don't recall reading your thoughts on it, but I, uh, I, I enjoyed it okay. It's, it was good. It was like a, a competent, dirty hairy movie from the late 80s and i you know we get at the individual metrics mm. of how to judge a dirty hairy movie but it kind of came out about average mm. overall is okay. my feeling so you know if you've watched the whole series so far you probably want to go the rest of the way and watch the deadpool but uh it's it's not essential in any way yeah it's um i'm trying to find there was a review i wanted to find that i can't find but my my, my feeling on this movie is it's good that it exists. Like, I like that there is another Dirty Harry movie. I feel like this mm-hmm. is the one that is most plagued by the times when it came uh-huh. out. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the I, other ones, the other ones are enhanced by the time period that they came. Like, the fact that Dirty yeah. Harry came out in, like, the early 70s, that makes it a better movie, in a way. And the fact yeah. that, that the last movie we reviewed, uh, Sudden Impact, came out in the early 80s, also kind of enhanced that movie somehow. I don't, I don't quite, I, I, it just, it just works. You know what I mean? Just, it, but here it's like everything from that era that intrudes into the movie either makes it weird or detracts from its quality. Well, and I, oh, go ahead. It's, a lot of it too is the things it's bringing from the era it's doing in that really cheesy, bad way when late eighties pop culture would try, you know, cause late eighties were a time right before kind of the alternative explosion happened. Yeah. And it's like it was one of those periods where Hollywood was pretty out of touch with things. Yeah. And you could really see it. It's like all the like the, the Guns N' Roses references, the horror movie references, they all feel really fake. They don't yeah. feel like they don't they don't feel like they're really made by anyone who understands metal or horror movies or anything. It just feels it, it just it, feels phony. <laughs> and it's it's weird. And that's one of the reasons why I said they cared too much about the story, because I feel like the themes of the story were intruding too much with that material, where it's yeah. obvious that they're talking about the effect that movies have on 
on the public and that it feels, is it, it feels really disingenuous for the dirty harry series a movie that has been linked to actual vigilante crimes mm. <laughs> you know that that for them to suddenly do this movie that's like oh look at these horror yeah. movies corrupting people and getting them to kill people it just it just feels like this isn't a message the dirty well, harry series should be doing well and and getting you know? into the message i do want to get into the message actually so since you're bringing that that part up we should probably address it I think this time when I was watching it, I'm a little bit more persuaded that, and I could be wrong, but I'm more persuaded mm-hmm. that what they're doing is it's a little bit subtle. They're pre- because the the main character, not the main character, the villain, the, the the guy that's presented at first as the possible bad guy, Liam Neeson's character. Yeah. It, initially, it appears that that his movies are somehow like there's this spillover between his movies and 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 reality and it's kind of the same criticism dirty harry used to get and and like you said it's even you know it's even arguable that there were copycats of some of the dirty harry stuff and so but this was also coming out during the pmrc thing do you know what i mean and so i feel like what this was is this was like an under the radar critique of the pmrc do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, uh, like no because i mean the thing is yeah, yeah, it turned out not to be the director, but it was the fan of the movie who was That's brainwashed true. by the That's movie. That's true. That's I mean, it true. literally could not have been more on the nose. Horror movies brainwash people into killing people. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I guess you have a point. I guess you have a point. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's not a big deal to me. It's not like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's what, you know, it's very ancient culture war yeah. stuff. So it's not like I care that much, but I just... It just seemed like a poor direction for for the series to go because it isn't it isn't a message, you know. Like there's there are movies that critique because I mean, it is an interesting subject. I'm not mm-hmm. opposed to the idea of the like Videodrome yeah. is a great movie about this subject by Cronenberg. Yeah. He's actually interested in this subject, whereas yeah. I felt. I felt no one making this movie actually cares whether horror movies <laughs> influence people. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, a, it's like in a Murder, She Wrote episode where it's like, oh, well, that's the rip from the headlines hook we're going to build our plot around and we're not going to think about it beyond that. So so but, for you, what you're saying is it almost comes across as like Dirty Harry is pointing the finger to almost get away from his own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. That's how it, yeah. yeah, I mean, because it's it just as being an 88 movie. I mean, that's not too long after you know the subway vigilante and new york yeah. city and all of that and i'm not saying either that dirty harry movies made that happen yeah. but it was a huge talking point yeah. in the media yeah. at the time so you know yeah. it just it just feels it just feels like a weird thing for this this franchise to want to do you yeah. know I, I if it was if it wasn't more of a subversion you know i'd be i i would say well that actually would be kind of interesting okay. if they decided to go with this horror movie angle and subvert the idea that i don't think they did that well enough well i was also thinking about it like in all of the other previous dirty harry movies there's kind of something for dirty harry to stand for in a way like there's a there's a cultural yeah. tide where he sort of makes sense as a response do you know what i mean but here yeah. it's kind of like well what in 1988 the world is kind of with Dirty Harry in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's do, true. Do, do we're you know at the end of the Reagan era. There. Yeah, it's like he's, yeah, the tide is is flowing I, the I other mean, direction. Reagan literally quoted uh, "sudden impact" in um, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's it it just it, so it does it, to me. What it feels like is he's not Dirty Harry was never countercultural, but he was anti-establishment. 
before. Yeah. And now I think, and this would reinforce your point, and I and I feel like it does kind of uh, it, it it diminishes the point that I was saying, but I think it might be accurate that he's more of a he's 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 more part of the establishment at this point in the series. I, I think. And actually, you make a good point there, too, because the movie actually does address that by at the beginning. The PR guy's all excited about yeah. Harry and they've got him on the magazine cover <laughs> and all of that. I mean, yeah, it's like there does seem to be an awareness of that in that movie. I don't think I don't think they do a whole lot with it beyond the beginning, but it, it is there. Yeah, they're, their knowledge. They, they know that it's happening. But the problem is that's not dirty. I, 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 I forget who it was. It, it, it might have been John Milius, but somebody said when this came out, this isn't a dirty Harry movie. And no. I feel like <laughs> that might be way. part of the reason why there is that like, I mean, they do, they, they bitch a little bit about the camera. Do you know what I mean? The $2 million to the camera, but it just doesn't yeah. feel it's, it's, Any it's of those moments feel like mandatory. We've got to do this. It's, it's, it's in our contract franchise yeah. requirement. Here's a moment yeah. where we get, we got, we got this bill on my desk and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, but, it doesn't feel like an organic part of the plot really. But my, my, so my overall sense of this movie and I think the thing yeah. that makes it the most weird and in a, in a way, one of the more like it's, it's I, I would be harsher than you. I don't even think it's an average movie. I think it's below average. I think I think it's I think oh, it, I think it was gosh. an app. I here's here's what I think happened. I think this is where Dirty Harry shows its age and they're struggling to keep up with the culture and the times. And yeah. they clearly don't have their pulse on anything. And. In the past, they didn't have to because he was anti-establishment. He was going his own path. Now they're trying to appeal. They're trying to appeal to like young kids that listen to Guns N' Roses or something. Do you know what I mean? There's like there's that's the, a good point it, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, it doesn't bring up to eight. Like this is right when Guns N' Roses hit too. For anyone yeah. that's younger and wasn't around, yeah, it was '87. Like, this was that they came yeah, out. This was like. Yeah, this was, was was a fresh thing at that point. So. And and the odd thing they do is, I don't know why, but Axel is not. All of the Guns <laughs> and Roses are in this movie except for Axel Rose, and Jim Carrey is effectively playing Axel Rose, even though he has a different name. <laughs> to be fair, you know the the you know you got the whole plot line with a guy who's too unreliable to depend on for a movie. It's like I feel like I feel like they knew they could not rely on axel rose yeah. to show up <laughs> that, and hit his marks maybe that's why they up. killed him the way they did you know i don't know but that's what that's what i'm saying it's yeah. a little little on the nose there but but my feeling is the overall impression i get of this movie is number one it's um it's a very mediocre 1988 film and and a, and a, and, a, and a below average film overall Okay, yeah. let me let me go back and qualify my calling it average mm. because I think I think you are fair in in your your critique because the thing is remember I was watching this movie taking notes thinking about the other movies going oh mm. yeah I think Eastwood mm. Forest was better this year yeah. so I was actually had a fun game in my head of you okay. know, that I've developed over these movies so I enjoyed this movie watching it thinking about it as a Dirty mm. Harry movie so if I just sat down and watched this randomly on cable I probably would not have enjoyed this as much as doing it as part of this you know project to review all the Dirty Harry movies so that is okay fair. that's I actually the, the activity of reviewing it made this movie more yeah. fun for me than it otherwise would have been and I do think for the time it was average like it was you know it, when I saw it when I was young, it was just like any other action movie to me. Do you know what I mean? It was, like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, I, it, I remember it, when it came out. Yeah, it was just it, okay. And yeah. it, and it has <laughs> almost the exact 
proportion of oddities you would expect from a 1988 film. Do you know what I mean? Like the, with yeah. down to the radio control car and stuff like that. Like those kinds uh -huh. of details all, they would have felt very in place when I was watching it in like 1988 or 89. But then when you watch it now, those things feel very out of place in an odd way. And that's my overall thought on the movie is everything just feels out of place. Everything. Even things that aren't intended to. So like Jim Carrey feels extraordinarily out of place like he, he is the most jarring thing in the movie when you get to the jim carrey scene because he, to me because what he's doing is he's doing full um ace ventura era jim carrey but it's before anybody really knows who jim carrey <laughs> is do you know what i mean and so, it is yeah it, it's you can't i I can't remember what this looked like when the movie was new, but it's yeah. like knowing who Jim Carrey is. It's just so you you, you can't like, like it's all the signature moves, it. right? It's like like if yeah. like if if you think of Jim Carrey the way you might think of somebody like Michael Jackson, it's like Michael Jackson has yeah. the moonwalk, he's got the hip thing, he's got the pelvis. Yeah. There are these moves he does, and Jim Carrey has a vocabulary of moves like that, and we get all of them, and they're all yeah. of like the most, they're all the moves that make a movie not serious, like. Jim Carrey does not use those moves when he's doing a serious film. I mean, those are moves yeah. that he uses in his reserves for the corny stuff when he's mugging for the camera. And, and so there, there's just these con you're constantly getting peppered with, Oh, there's Jim Carrey mugging for the camera. There's Jim Carrey mugging for the camera. I don't think this guy is the leader of guns and roses at all. This is Jim Carrey, like in the living color era of Jim Carrey. Like it's just that, yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, over the top thing. And so he feels out of place. But granted, that's not by intention. They didn't. They couldn't have foreseen that he was no, going to have a career. Yeah, yeah. You um, can't really blame the movie for that. But it is. It's definitely something yeah. you have to watch. <laughs> Liam Neeson also feels out of place just because he's had such a stellar career. And, and I so, actually really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I'll let you finish. But yeah. no, go ahead. No, no. He was he was good. But what I mean is, you just keep thinking, "Oh my God, that's Liam Neeson in this movie." Do you know what I mean? It, <laughs> it's true because yeah, the he is famous enough that you do uh, like that, but. And the can and and here I think the reason why it stands out because there are obviously other Liam Neeson movies from earlier periods you can watch and it doesn't stand out. I think the reason it stands out is again because they're not aware that he's going to have the career he's going to have, so the camera isn't treating him as Liam Neeson. Do you know what I mean? It's treating him well, as the guy. Here's my feeling. Actually, okay. I I think he was a much better actor in the '80s, mm. entertaining actor in the '80s than he was in the '90s onwards. It's okay. like. You look at like 80s movies he's in like this or uh, oh, what's the Sam Raimi Dark Man, mm -hmm. you know, movies like that. There was just there was a real sense of humor to his performances yeah. on top of everything else. And I feel like at some point Hollywood decided he was like, you know, Mr. Stoic, serious man, like around like yeah. Rob Roy. And obviously in the Star Wars movies, he was yeah. just boring. Well, Schindler's <laughs> List would have obviously you know solidified a lot of that seriousness yeah too. well i mean yeah. to an extent but it's just it's just he I, it's probably not even his fault but just mm -hmm. the kind of roles he was getting just became yeah. so po-faced and serious yeah. and i think i'm like i feel like a lot of his personality kind of drained out I of those later performances even if they're the ones critics all go oh he's a great actor now but i like his early stuff better it's it's almost maybe a little bit like what happened with tom hanks like Tom yeah. and, and Tom Hanks, maybe it's a good thing because he really succeeded as sort of being this everyman. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is better at being a serious act. He never yeah. lost a sense of humor, yeah. really. And yeah. well, like, I don't know that. But but I will I say this: really say Liam Neeson lost his sense of humor, but it doesn't come across in his movies yeah. in the same way. Whereas Hanks was 
better about that, I think. Well, and Hanks is doing something slightly different where Liam Neeson almost became like everybody's dad. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think that's a, do you know what I mean? Like there, there was just like, like, I don't know how to put it. That's not the word I'd use for it, but I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a role. He he, he, he gave this dignified figure that, you know, and it's, yeah, I I think, I think that kind of locked him in to an extent. And so, so I, I could see that. And so, but I feel like even he feels out of place. Um, but other things feel very out of place too. Mm-hmm. Karate is magic feels very out of place in a dirty. <laughs> that didn't movie. that yeah. didn't work at all. That just yeah. I had I, forgotten that scene because it just pops into the movie. It has nothing yeah. to do with the main plot for the most part, and it's just yeah. like okay. And that that character as a whole, the partner in this movie, was just so superfluous. It's like it's not like the actor did a bad job or anything, but it was just well, you know, what, I don't know. He kind of came and made a few. He made a few like late 80s cop show quips and then just is gone again and here's my thoughts on it so dirty harry always gets a partner who's a minority right or some you know like and so in the first one it's i think his partner was mexican and the second one he was it was a black guy and then it was a woman and then it was another black guy right and so i think in this one they give him an asian partner but the problem is this is like the worst period in filmmaking for like Asian characters in general. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it the, is the, not the, a good period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and so it's like, he's, he's the most, I mean, he's, he's still, he's still an, 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 an like, he's likable, but he, he's missing something that some of the other characters were allowed to have. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, and, I think like the personality of the actor was likable, but there wasn't as, as written, the character really didn't have anything yeah. going on i mean there was no no real hook there no and so yeah i i uh i i think that uh and the thing about the the karate and it wasn't karate it was some other martial art but it was, it was more like a it was more like hong kong action movie martial arts or like a jean-claude van damme style. it was just kind of it was more of like a cinematic martial arts than anything that looked particularly one style but that doesn't exist in the Dirty Harry universe. In the Dirty Harry yeah. universe, you can maybe get away with like some old school stuff, like real old school Chuck Norris stuff might fit in, maybe, but it would have to still it it would still have to abide by the gun being the supreme weapon. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's well, it's, there was no point. There was no point in bringing it up at all because yeah. like that fight wasn't important. It's like oh wow, his partner knows karate. We know that now, or kung yeah. fu, or whatever. I don't know if the movie even cares. Um, it, it didn't even but, come up again, like you said. So <laughs> yeah, I was saying it's not. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't come up again. It's not like at the the final scene, you know, suddenly his partner jumps in and you know gives him a roundhouse kick or something. It doesn't doesn't matter. It's just yeah, they're like, and, oh, we got an Asian guy in here. I guess we gotta gotta put this this action scene in. And it's not just uh, the karate. It's all of the action feels out of place. Like all of the action in this movie. The feels action. Out of place. I was. That's actually yeah. my first note. As soon as I. After you get that the credits for them going across the bridge and you have that little shootout scene there, and I was just like, "This is not a good action yeah. scene." Is my my and, first note. And it's to me, it's not even so much that it's bad. It is bad, but it's it's that it's because I mean, there's at least a couple of nice scenes, like the one when he slams the guy into the door. I thought that was pretty. That was cool. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's that the kind of like okay, the Dirty Harry is sort of it's got this like punctuated violence to it. This really gritty sort of, you know, the blast of the Magnum and the guy falling down and the shattered glass. And that fits in the seventies and in the early eighties. Somehow that doesn't quite fit as well 
in the period that we're in. Like, it, well, here's, it, well, well, well yeah. let me continue what I'm saying. Cool, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, I feel like then it was a reflection of the fears of what, like the seventies was famous for, you know, his crime wave, right? Like, like it was just like that. It was, uh, and I think there was still some of that in the early eighties, but by well, the late, definitely going on in it, the eighties yeah. too. But yeah. I, but I feel like by the late eighties, I feel. I mean, maybe my memory's wrong, but I don't feel like it was as palpable in the air as it was before. It, it was lessening by yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just feels like this is not. This is no longer that era, and you can see that in other movies that are doing action. Do you know what I mean? It's not like like the scene. Yeah. The scene in the restaurant really stands out. Like it's it's extremely violent, and it. And, and and the the criminals are like recklessly violent, and it just mm-hmm. it just I don't know something about it just kind of it's not that it's even a bad scene. It just doesn't uh, it it just kind of sticks out. Do you know what I mean? It just sort of it just kind of feels like it's a little bit out of time somehow. Um, yeah. And yeah. Then, well, the other thing, other thing I was too is I mean, with the gun use, there's a lot more automatic weapons fire in this movie because something I noticed too is just. In every other one of the movies, they're in typical 70s style. The sound is fairly quiet for the most part and subdued. Yeah. Uh, aside from the great music, there's not a lot going on. And then every time there's a gunshot, it's just like a cannon yeah. went yeah. off. It just, boom, practically shakes your windows. And here it's like, I found like you have one, the scene we were just talking about when, they, when they've just gone over the bridge and they, they block him and they just open up full automatic weapons fire on his car. We also have the one where we're in the elevator and yeah. they're just shooting and shooting and shooting over the elevator. And I'm like, all you're doing is making bullets not look dangerous because you're hosing, you're, you're hosing Harry. Oh, that scene. With yeah. These, with these automatic bullets and nothing happens. It's like, okay, they, they've been, they've been in this elevator for, you know, 45 seconds now with bullets raining on them. Yeah. It's like, what am I still supposed to be worried about the bullets? Well, and, and that's the other thing is stuff like, even like the, the stuff like the car chases and it's, it, it feels like they're, again, they, they feel out of place because this is like post police story. This is post, you know, well, I well, it was lethal weapon 87, right? So this is post lethal weapon. That sounds right. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's it, it just, there are other, other action movies have kind of taken what Dirty Harry... You know what it is? It's like, to use a music analogy, it's like when Black Sabbath was trying to play catch-up with Van Halen. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like... Yeah, it's a, it, no, it, the, bring up the fact this is a year after Lethal Weapon says yeah. a lot too, because this is way behind. <laughs> like, Lethal Weapon was a much more sharply made action movie than this by yeah. far. So, yeah, it is embarrassing when you kind of put it up as a movie coming along on its tails and, and you could have had a dirty hurry harry movie that came out at this time i think that ex- like could have been like okay step aside lethal weapon here is like a real act you know what i mean like they could have tried to yeah. do that but instead it feels like they were trying to catch up to lethal weapon and and things just, and again th- like even dirty harry feels out of place in this in his own movie do you know what i mean like he just doesn't mm-hmm. like he's not quite he's not I don't know. Maybe he's not disagree. engaged with he's not engaged with this one for the most part. Like as a as a character, like, I actually found it as like an actor. I found Clint Eastwood did a better job with this mm-hmm. than he did in the last movie, in my opinion. I felt like it's you know he just. Mm. I felt like, in the, I think it was the last one that he just he was, he really was kind of phoning it in at places, and like mm. the, the the funny lines weren't landing and stuff. But okay. I felt like 
his performance in this one was actually good, even though it was a lesser movie. I felt like, yeah, he was more involved as an actor. But as a character, yeah, it's like that this isn't a very important case to him for the most part, aside from the angle that all oh, he's on the list, but well, I that's think, not the same. I think what it is, is like every movie he crosses significant lines. And so like he does something yeah. to make the audience have to question whether they want to stick around with him. Do you know what I mean? There's that. That's a good that, point. And, yeah. and, and he doesn't do that here. Like I was struggling to find yeah. that moment here. And he's, he's always, I mean, he's kind of, you know, he obviously is bristles at authority still, but that that's not that's not especially by now that's not an unlikable thing in a movie like this. And, no, it's, and, it's expected. Yeah, yeah. And he just he doesn't he doesn't force the the audience to question whether they want to accept him as a hero or not. And I feel like that's that's an important part of Dirty Harry. You have to you have to have that moment in a Dirty Harry movie where you wonder that, and then there's usually a moment later on where it's like, no, I Dirty Harry's okay. He's good. But you know what I mean? It's like, there's like a it's, yeah. You so got, you've got to have a queasy feeling in your stomach at some point for it to be a dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, and and the closest they get is that fire suicide scene. I think I could be. I mean, am I am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, that didn't because because they because they did just make it a complete random accident. It doesn't carry any weight. It's like oh, it's unfortunate mm. that the flare that the oil ran over to the flare, yeah. but it wasn't because that, that's the thing. It's like you know. Patricia Clarkson's character, she does the right thing. It's like she's doing. So yeah, I just felt it just that whole scene felt weird to me because yeah. I'm like, on the one level, it's a scene. It is an important scene because it's letting Harry see her do something genuinely good that she's, you know, basically putting people ahead of her career yeah. and looking after this guy. So it is a valuable scene, but. Yeah, him catching on fire at the end. It's just like, oh, okay, that was very arbitrary. <laughs> like in another Dirty Harry movie, he would have done something that would have made us question him in that scene. Like, like I don't know, like, yeah. like maybe he would have shot the guy a split second before people realized the guy was about to, like, before we realized what the guy was about to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. he doesn't shoot him in this movie, but I just mean he, he would have done something to jar the audience. And I, I feel like that isn't, that isn't present in this movie. So, so I don't know. To me, the big no. theme is everything just feels kind of out of place in the film for one reason or another. Um, and it, it and, and I, I mean, and, and, and maybe some of that isn't anybody's fault because the time it came out, Dirty Harry might just not have been as relevant as, uh, you know what I mean? Or, or maybe yeah, he was too was, relevant. Not like it, he was yeah. too relevant. Well, maybe, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I remember it got a fair amount of publicity when it came out, but it's not like it was a, a huge movie aside from that. So I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It, uh, I think I think yeah, the boat it's... had kind of sailed on Dirty Harry for the most part by the time yeah. this came out. I do think it's got one of the better titles of a Dirty Harry movie because a lot of them are, you know, mm -hmm. again with the exception of Sudden Impact, a lot of them don't really connect. To, to I forget what most of the titles are. Yeah. I have to keep yeah. looking. I'm like, it's... which was the one with Time Daily? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm with you on that. The titles aren't good, but yeah, Deadpool. I remember. I mean, yeah. partly too, just because I was in high school when this came out, so it is more crystallized in my memory coming out. This is the this is the first one I really remember coming out. Cause the previous one I was in Kuwait when that came out, so okay. I, I wasn't around. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was here for the. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, go ahead, make my day. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> get, get a, catching fire the way it did. Um, but yeah, 
And, and it was Magnum Force was the second one, and the Enforcer was the third one, I think. Um, yeah. Which, again, those don't... I mean, what does the Enforcer have to do with with, with yeah. the Tyne Daly story? And what is... Ma- I mean, Magnum Force is so generic that it could... It, I mean, that's like that's like Chuck Norris-level generic that's, that's title Magnum, movies. Magnum paid us product yeah. placement money for the title, yeah. I'm guessing. But so, I don't know. But maybe you wouldn't get Magnum P.I. without... Magnum Force, you know, <laughs> maybe it was a necessary evil in the culture. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but it's uh, no, I, I don't know. The uh, um, but yeah, I, at the beginning of this movie, I don't know, the, the opening sequence with kind of the news stories and stuff, I, I don't think that worked that well either. It just felt I don't know. I mean, I know what they were trying to do, trying to get all the information, but it just it didn't. I don't know. It, well, it didn't work for me as well. Well, even the one thing, like in, in a lot of the Dirty Harry movies, at least the, the previous two, they always get a woman that kind of harps at Dirty Harry in some way in a kind of, yeah. she, she embodies like the two characters from the first film that were telling him he didn't know anything about the law. It's a woman who embodies that, that, that sequence of the, of the Dirty Harry films. And in this movie, it was, I guess the film critic, but she was directing it all at, at the uh, mm. Liam Neeson character. And so it felt, yeah. you know, it, yeah, that went, well, that's another thing too. the whole thing of like, when movies decide, Oh, we're going to, we're going to do talk, make fun of this critic. Now yeah. we're going to attack this critic. It just, yeah. that always kind of tends to be really flat. Well, it was like the lady in the water type of thing, right? Like the lady, in yeah, the, the lady yeah. in the water is probably the most over the top example, yeah. but you've got like, you know, and Willow, George Lucas threw in the Siskel, the evil Ebersisk monster or whatever it was called. And, oh, the two-headed, you know, the two-headed <laughs> monster that was Ebert and Siskel. And it's just like, but that no. was, but here's the thing that was that, that wasn't called that in the movie itself. Right. Like that was something that, no, was, but it was in all the promotional materials okay. that were everywhere when okay. the movie came out. But, you know? but at least, cause, cause here's what I'll say. I, I saw that as a kid and I never, that's the first I've ever heard of the Ebersisk monster. So at uh, least you can watch that movie and be blissfully unaware. Yeah, you, you when know, it came out, yeah. like I said, all the PR stuff. That was one of the things yeah. everyone was like, "Oh, this monster is the Ebersis, yeah. where he's he's speaking a, a a witty blow to the critics." And it's like, well, no, that's the, even the, as a sixth grader, I'm unimpressed with your humor. The smart move is to do it how the Godzilla film did it, where they made him the mayor of the city. It's like Mayor Ebert, if I remember. And then if I recall, I think they got a good review. You know, that's the that's the way you do it. You butter up the yeah. critics. Uh. Yeah, it's just, I it was just layers of weirdness with that, too. It's like, okay, so are we attacking the horror movies or rooting for this guy because he's taken down the critics we hate? Or what, what, what am I taking from this scene? I don't, it doesn't even, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, uh but then, then the 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 I think the final thing of importance to discuss is the villain because every yeah. Dirty Harry movie is pretty defined by its villains, and the better the villain, the better the Dirty Harry movie usually, unless unless he has like a Tyne Daly level of uh, partner that 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 can help rise the tide. But I want to know what you think of this villain because this is there's the. I didn't. I had no idea what you would think of this one. To be completely honest, I was. I was thinking that when I was rewatching it, I was like, I don't know what Adam's going to think of this character. Um, the idea is fine. I mean, 
it's just I, I don't think it was executed that great. I mean, if the performance was on the level of the guy from the first movie, maybe, but yeah. it just yeah, it just he just isn't that impressive. And I, I this the whole climax of the movie, that whole sequence didn't do that much for me. It wasn't a very exciting conclusion to the movie, in my opinion. I mean, I yeah. guess too by that point, they've been there was no point at this movie where I felt like anyone was in any danger at all. And I didn't, I, I didn't even really believe they were going to kill off Patricia Clarkson, which they, they didn't, but I, yeah. uh, you know, but it was part of, okay, because is she going to make it? Is she going to mm. die? Or not? Cause I thought she was a pretty good love interest relative to the series as a whole. Uh, Patricia, I like Patricia Clarkson overall, just to mm. state that, but yeah, I, I just, you know, when you can't even get me to believe you're going to kill the secondary character, the love interest character that's not going to be in the next movie, uh-huh. you know, it's like, not that there was a next movie, but, you know, I'm just like, there's no tension in this movie at all. I mean, so that, that he falls flat in the last scene because I don't believe he can kill anybody. Yeah, he, he Scorpio felt like a real threat. Like, Scorp- yeah. Scorpio was. He actually you know, beat up Dirty Harry early in the film, right? So, like, there's Mm -hmm. a sense of danger with that character. There's a sense that he knows how to outsmart Dirty Harry. You never get that sense here. Um, And even in the previous Mm -hmm. film, where I think you still, you you don't think that Dirty Harry's going to lose. That guy was at least so dangerous that, you know what I mean? He he oozed something that made you uncomfortable. But this guy... Yeah, that was a better... The the villains in the last one were better, I would say. Yeah, yeah, they they were dirty. Those were, like, dirty villains. Do you know what I mean? This guy, number one, the actor is a big problem because the actor just doesn't bring anything interesting to the no. table. He's forgettable. He's totally forgettable. The character sounds cool when they describe him. When you're in that scene and he's like, he's an amalgam of all the movies that he's yeah. seen. It's like, wow, that's a cool concept. And that sounds like a real psychiatric disorder. That might be interesting. But then you, but then it, the, the way they do it. And also when you think about it, what does that mean? He literally has no personality. You know, he, he he's he's just a collection of stuff that's in the culture that he's seen. And so and, and yeah. like we've established it, they don't they don't grasp what horror movies they are. They don't grasp what yeah. met, heavy metal is and rock is. And so all the stuff in the culture that they're grabbing at, they don't even really fully understand. It. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's like with the metal thing, it's like, OK, you've got Guns and Roses and you're doing satan hotel and it's like all the whole satan thing and guns and roses i don't know that doesn't yeah and the whole the whole exorcist thing yeah for welcome to the jungle made no sense at all right like that was no it's like you're you're not you're not dealing with the right kind of metal here guys (laughs) or at least i'm not an expert on it and i know that (laughs) you know yeah it it it, it was i don't know it it was it, it yeah, like I'm I mean, struggling to think of what song from the who, from the the Guns N' Roses catalog at that point they could have like maybe My Michelle it doesn't fit entirely but it would have been a better choice than Welcome to the Jungle I think um, yeah but uh, yeah I, if you're gonna have him die of an OD just do Mr Brownstone there you go well but, that uh, <laughs> no that would have worked for that scene but I'm talking about the Exorcist you remember like the video oh, the music know, video I they're know, doing but yeah no you're right you're right Mr Brownstone would have been but, but yeah I I don't know you know and again like you're saying. Maybe it's the wrong band because there's really no, no yeah, connection the to the band. Yeah. Exactly. That's the real problem. It's yeah. like if you want to go with there's other bands you could pick if you're going yeah. for more of the horror movie vibe. And I think I think what it was was just, you know, th- they're hot right now and we need we need well, something that's hot. And so but then they don't even know what to do with that hotness is the impression that you get. So uh, yep. 
so there's that but 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 like you're saying if they knew something like this was the age of slasher movies it makes sense that they would be that there'd be a reaction in the air to horror movies at this time and that those would be overshadowing the dirty hairy legacy in a way do you know what i mean like that that yeah even, that, but that, honestly that, even that, that was kind of dated i mean how far hmm. into the 80s horror boom are we by 19 it was yeah. like halloween is 1979 and now we're up to 1980 but it was still just, it was still healthy though i would argue at that it point was, like hellraiser is coming right. out and you know there's there's still all this stuff but i feel like i i the problem is that character that they create doesn't reflect any of the good stuff that they could have drawn from from those movies right yeah. like there are little things there are little things i could see where they were on a superficial level referencing things but it, it didn't show any understanding like i can remember there was one publicity shot of the director of liam neeson's character and I, he was wearing the clothes the suit he was wearing in the co- in that photo i was like I have seen a photo of Clive Barker on the back of his books from the eighties mm. dressed exactly like that. But that's not an interesting thing. It's yeah. just like surface level. Well, like one stuff. of the movies had like a Cujo reference. If I remember there was, yeah, that, yeah. Um, exactly. Like I was saying, they've got like these random Clive Barker references, random Stephen King funds, random slasher movie references and nothing. There's no, None of it fits together in a coherent way. So. But I mean, in terms of like the motive of the villain and giving him a personality that would be oh yeah intimidating like the to the, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just it just didn't you know. And again, I mean, it's it's not it's not a horrible movie. It's it's definitely an interesting Dirty Harry movie. I don't I don't think that uh I don't think you're ever going to see a film like this is a unique film. Do you know what I mean? Like it you, is you, unique. You, yeah, you know, you, you're not going to see Liam Neeson and Jim Carrey in a movie like this ever again right so you know uh i mean jim carrey did have other minor roles and so did liam neeson but that was a really weird it's weird because it was oddly appropriate like i understand why they picked jim carrey but just how big jim carrey got completely undermines (laughs) that casting choice um it's 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 like it's like you picked like who would be another huge star like that it's like it's it's like it's like if Charlie Chaplin got picked for another movie the day before he became huge, it's just like this. It's it, yeah. you cannot, you Jim Carrey is just, there's too many things that you associate him in with your, within your mind to uh, like the whole scene. You're just like, is that really Jim Carrey? That's the only thought that you can really have during that scene as it's happening. Um, yeah. And yeah. And, and, and then the fact that he's not, he's clearly not taking the music seriously that he's singing is the other That's, aspect of it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing is the scene itself. It's like, okay, we're doing a fake music video with a band that everybody in 1988 knows and having some guy who's not in the band pretending to sing the song. Yeah. And it's like, what? what is this? I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it's like. I, it's I, confusing. I, it's, it's confusing. Yeah, and it's like uh, this, this is a scene in the horror movie. It's like at first I thought they were shooting a music video, then you find out, oh, we're making a horror movie. I'm like, why didn't you make it a music video? Because that makes more sense with what you're doing. Or if it's yeah. a horror movie, have it. I, I don't know. The whole thing no, it, is just kind of sloppily conceived. It, it's a good point because it, because as soon as you see Jim Carrey, who isn't Axl Rose, and everybody who's everybody knows 
who Guns N' Roses are and knows that song at this point. Yeah, even before Jim Carrey became famous, it would still be jarring yeah. just to watch a scene like that. Well, and then you have to ask all these questions like, wait a second, does Guns N' Roses exist in this universe? Does does <laughs> does um does Welcome to the Jungle exist in this universe? Was it written by Guns N' Roses? Was it written by some other bit? Like you have all these thoughts and it, it it's very disruptive. So I, I would agree. And also there is that whole, wait, where are we? Are we in the middle of a music video? What's going on? Because the whole tone changes. And I think they yeah, were going for something stylistic, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, bring out the fact that they were really big at this time. It's the way they picked them. This isn't what you want to do if you've got the big thing. So if, if they were doing something because it was kind of cool and obscure amongst, you know, something that was hip, like, you know, say the Pixies in 1988, you'd get away with someone else yeah. pretending to do their song because most people did not have a clue who they were. So yeah. you could have the, the trendy song and still have someone else would, playing the part it would be like an easter egg type of thing too for people who do exactly. know the song but yeah. but this one like everybody i mean and to be honest i associate welcome to the jungle with um lean on me not uh not with this movie right like that that was the movie that they have that that oh, establishing okay. shot at the school where they play welcome to the jungle and it like sets the stage for the movie right and so i oh, feel I like oh uh, they made us watch that like 18 times when i was I had to write an article on it in the school paper, but I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> okay. <Well>. Full disclosure. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like that movie, but... But, well, but I, but, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I'm like, I don't want to see a movie about school. But but it's but, definitely it's definitely an edutainment type of film. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a movie that... It's, it's, it's like, when I, when I was in school, they made us watch The NeverEnding Story, and they made us watch Lean On Me. Those were the two movies that we always had to watch. Um, yeah you know because teachers love them so uh <laughs> but but yeah so uh, yeah i i uh i i still i i think just for the jim carrey scene alone though it's worth watching this movie because it is a curiosity right like you it, it's it's bizarre and and the fact that it's like an exorcist homage it, it makes it even more confusing because then you're like wait a second is this a are they doing the yeah. exorcist? Like what's going on? Um, and so, and then also the other thing I do like is that's kind of weird about it is Jim Carrey is so silly when he's singing, but then when he stops singing, he actually is doing serious acting. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's weird because he, it's like, he goes, he's doing full Ace Ventura mode during the music video. And then he's doing like, I don't know, uh, Truman at the, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's just, it's just odd um because he's because his character is a drug addict and he you know and so it's like it's like it, you know it, uh and then his character gets murdered so um but yeah i don't know it's, it's an odd movie uh it, it's a very <laughs> it odd, odd movie. movie but uh yeah I, I, you know it's uh if you've made it this far it's probably worth going through to the end but uh but yeah it's not I don't. I don't think it's probably the my least favorite. But uh, well, your least, least favorite. I'm going to guess was best. Magnum Force, right? Was that your least favorite? Was Magnum Force? Yeah, I think yeah. Magnum Force was my least favorite. Okay, but, uh, that just didn't make a lot of sense at all. Okay. Yeah, see, I still like Magnum Force. Like, I would. I would definitely want to watch Magnum Force before I watch this one again. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know that I ever watched this again. So that's yeah. how you put it that way. Because because Magnum Force at least has stuff. Like I think Magnum Force's problem is it's a little dull at times, and it has like some unnecessary moment. Like the, the, the scene at the end could have been shortened into something more exciting. For example, 
Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a, it's just kind of a longer movie. There's a lot of, there's a, it, it just feels like there's a lot of extra stuff in it that doesn't need to be there. But I like the whole concept of the young cops that are taking the dirty hairy thing too far and become like this fascist yeah. thing. And, and, and I like some of the moments I like, like the airplane sequence. I like, I like the relationship he has with the woman across the hall. And then I like the disarming of the bomb sequence when the, the guy comes downstairs and mirrors the dialogue that the lady said, you know, there's just little things about that movie that I like. Yeah. And, you you those, know, those are good, good elements of it. It's uh, yeah. There, Cause I mean, I guess I, that that is there, there is a lot more just little details like that in that movie, which this movie doesn't have. It's like this movie is kind of more it it is more just an eighties movie. Eighties movies aren't set in the real world anymore. Once you're in the eighties, it's it's on a yeah, conveyor like, oh, belt. Even further now, huh? it, it feels like it's on a conveyor belt. Whereas the other movies yeah. feel like they're they're resting in moments and they're they're doing things that are interesting and you're like, oh, I want to see yeah. what's going to happen. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no room that the original Dirty Harry is in that sense where time, movies still have time to breathe and things happen at a natural pace. And this, this we're already on the road to the modern day where everything is a Marvel movie and there's no, there's no connection to reality in movies at all anymore. Yeah. They're all taking place in, in Magic Land. So, and, you know. and that means you can't stop to think. Do you know what I mean? That's no. that's the problem with that. Is that is you can't stop <laughs> to think about what you just saw, and so yeah, I, and again, it's not it's not a horrible movie. It's just it's just a weird, dirty, hairy movie, and it's it doesn't have it it's, yeah. it has all of the elements. Like you can see that, like the thing with the the critic that's supposed to be that woman, the thing with him breaking the camera and them complaining about the cost of the camera, the uh-huh. the thing where he has to save the people at the Chinese restaurant because it's being robbed. You know, there's there's a ton of there's all like the 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 woman coming on to Dirty Harry instead of the reverse. You know, all these things that are in Dirty Harry movies before or here. You know the, but it 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 just feels like a costume at this point or something. It doesn't feel like yeah. a, you know. Um, yeah, all those beats just feel kind of hollow and yeah. yeah. I uh, but yeah, I don't know the. Uh... <laughs> And the but music's yeah, my, not too good either, I would say, on this one. The music doesn't yeah, really work as well. No, you still you still got the same guy doing the music, but it's just I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I, I think with this era of movie, they don't know what to do with that kind of a soundtrack anyway. Because so. I mean, because because if you go back and watch '80s movies from this period, there are there's a lot of synth, and some of it's good, some of it's not so good. But this feels like. This felt, I mean, I swear to you, some of the synth at the beginning of this movie felt like it was done on a Casio to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, one thing to remember with 80s movies is like one reason why synth is so popular is it was just a budget option. Yeah. So a lot of times when you hear a synth soundtrack, it's just because they're going for the cheapest possible yeah. soundtrack rather than actually wanting a synth soundtrack. So, yeah, it's a terrible time for synthesizer soundtracks on the whole. No, but again, there are ones that like my biggest problem with synth is that sometimes it gets uh, the sound quality gets kind of bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, but, well, I but, like synthesizer yeah. music when it's done well. So I don't, I'm not trying to like mm. rag on the concept. I'm just saying that there is a lot of bad synth at this time. Yeah, this definitely, and I and I think maybe if it was the same guy doing the music, maybe it's just that this was not his. Um, uh, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't really like him being in his element or something. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe he didn't know how to 
to, to yeah well meeting. i mean if you're a composer you've got to be working with the director and everything i mean it, it, if, if you know obviously it could be a lot of difference in that regard if you're not not working well together yeah so yeah and again to me it's, it was the quality of it it's like even bad synth doesn't sound like a casio keyboard you know those little <laughs> dinky cat this sounded like a yeah. like parts of it didn't but the very beginning to me i was like wait a second that sounds like something i could have made when i was a kid do you know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. poking around on the Casio. Um, and I, I just found that to be very disruptive. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it certainly isn't like Terminator level synth music or, you know, no, no. You know the That's original like Terminator. Um, yeah, yeah, I know about um, But yeah, so I don't know. Any final thoughts on this one? I mean, I don't I don't remember uh, how we tend to end these uh, dirty I'll give. I'll just give a final thought since we're going with all the things that just don't fit. It's like so they're making this movie, Satan Hotel. You know that's what they're making in the scene with Jim Carrey and everything. So this movie is currently filming, yet the killer has a poster for the movie on his wall. How does that happen? Oh, oh, you mean the? Um, it <laughs> yeah, could have been okay. It could have been a promotional. You already got the poster. And the no. movie hasn't even been made. That can happen because I had a Dracula Love Never Dies T-shirt before that came out. I don't know if they were still making it. Yeah, or not. you're right. It um, can happen. Okay. I, I, I got that shirt. I didn't even know a movie was coming out. I was like, "Ooh, a Dracula shirt!" And I got it. And then I found out like four months later that the that the movie was coming out, and that and that the the image on the shirt matched the. Uh, the poster for the movie so but uh, yeah i i just i just i mean it but, can happen i just find it would be unlikely based on everything about this movie that we see like the production level it mm. is and the budget it seems to have i'm like this doesn't strike me as the kind of movie where the studio's yeah. putting out posters ahead of time and it, but also it just seems I, like the kind of movie that's going to show up at the uh you know in cinema eight you know, i think and, you might be right too because i think at one point he mentioned something about the guy stealing his plots from his head and he like gives, doesn't he give the plot of the Satan? Did he mentions Satan Hotel or gives the plot or something. I could be wrong, uh-huh. but I feel I, like I, I, I'm I, not sure on that point. I, I'd have to watch it again, but I feel like there's a moment in the film where that where the villain demonstrates knowledge that his character shouldn't have of the movie. I think he, okay. I think you might be right. I could be wrong on that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I feel like that is in there. Um, yeah, and it's like I, I would that would make sense to me than like stealing scripts. He's got a stalkery character who's mm. clearly getting on the set and stuff. So it's like I'm just saying just the fact that this poster would exist, I'm like, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think the studio would be making promotional posters for this kind maybe, of movie. Maybe that guy made it himself. Shooting. Maybe that was his own yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. That's my new headcanon. He handcrafted his own poster for this movie that's coming out yeah and i thought that was the other thing about the is the when he said like he's stealing my ideas i thought that was that was the interesting spark but then it just never yeah it it never materialized in anything cool after that exactly there's there are several moments in this movie where it's Mm. got those little sparks of an idea because it's not going to do anything with it it's just like well why is this even here yeah i mean it's I say go going with the, with the whole do movies make people kill people thing. It's like, well, you're not you're not interested in exploring the idea. You're just using it as a cheap little hook to hang your plot on. So yeah. it's, eh. 
No, and that's as yeah, and again, it, that was definitely a thing that was in the air. Down down to like having the talk show host in the within the show within the movie talking yeah. about that subject, right? Like, and this is this is yeah. Uh, you know, I forget when the I think the Judas Priest trial was actually after this, but we're we're in that era of we're definitely yeah. in that era. Yeah. yeah. So so it, it makes sense. I just uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's sort of like you're saying, like like. Well, yeah, I just I just hate it when movies, you know, like, ooh, this this topic's in the air. Let's bring mm. it up, but not say anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like it just feels like, eh, yeah, you're just you're trying to trying to coast off the notoriety of the subject without engaging with it in any way. And it's just like, eh. how, how how did you feel about the harpoon shooting sequence? Is <laughs> <laughs> that a big enough? Is that was okay? Here's the argument that you have in a, a Dirty Harry series. Does that qualify as a gun? Because people want to say that's the biggest gun he ever fires in a movie, but not everybody agrees that it's a gun. Sure, it's a gun, whatever. <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of checked out of the movie by then. Like mm. I said, I, I wasn't in any way concerned Harry was going to die. Yeah. I wasn't concerned that Patricia Clarkson's character was going to die. I'm just like, I'm just like, all right, I just just go ahead and shoot him. You know, ready for the movie to be over now. And uh, then it, the camera does the helicopter shot panning away kind of thing. And I'm like, it just made me think back, wow, I remember in The Enforcer when this was a really powerful <laughs> moment. Yeah. And now I feel nothing and I'm watching such a similar shot. I, I was kind of my feeling during that. that. There was no emotional way. To, I think the other thing too with that is the harpoon's a little too big. Like it's it's... It was silly. Yeah, it was definitely and, silly. And that's what I mean by Dirty Harry trying because Dirty Harry started the whole big gun thing, right? And so now he's trying to catch up yeah. to Rambo. Do you know what I mean? Like Rambo with the rocket launcher, and you know all the other crazy. I mean, you know, like just pick a movie, and they had like a huge wild gun in it. Even like Scarface had its crazy yeah. guns, right? So uh, I feel like it's trying to play catch up with that. And I think it would have been more effective if he had stuck with the Magnum. And they had done more what you were talking about with emphasizing the boom of the mag, you know, the, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, just the, the sound, the sound of guns in this movie was so inferior to the sound mm. of guns in every other Dirty Harry movie. Mm. It's, uh, it's very disappointing. And uh, yeah, so, and also they all, this is like the, how many waterfront Endings. They, it seems like they get a lot of waterfront endings in these movies. Oh, it is San <laughs> yeah. Francisco. Yeah. To be fair. There's a lot of waterfront. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, maybe it's obligatory. I mean, even Scorpio died in the water, right? So, it's, yeah. But, but yeah. It, you know, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's, 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 it's almost a serviceable Harry, a, a dirty Harry movie. Is my. My impression. You also said Harry Potter, didn't you? I no, I was I would never I, I don't <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even a fan of the Harry Potter movies. I didn't read the I, I tried reading the first book because somebody told me they were they, oh these are actually worth reading. And I got halfway through and I was just like, This is not like I, I don't get it. I don't get it at uh, all. I mean I was was working at Borders for a lot of the time they were coming out, so I'm very familiar with them. I've never read them. My nephews all love them, so I picked up a lot through Osmosis. But yeah, yeah I just I'm just not interested. That's yeah. all. Nothing even against them. It's just you no. Know, I mean, if they came out when I was a kid, I probably would have loved them, but I'm not a kid. That that's <laughs> sort of my thing. Like, I, if if you grew up with them and you like them, it's not a shot against you. It's just that I didn't. No, I no. didn't. Uh, I, I 
nephews, so my favorite people love those books, and that's yeah. great. So no negative opinion. I'm just not interested. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, so when I when I tried reading it, it just it just didn't click with me. It wasn't. Uh, um, and the movies never really clicked with me either. Like I saw some of them because my wife wanted to see them and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I just didn't really. I, I I actually did. I never saw the last Dirty Harry, not Dirty Harry Potter movie. The uh, uh, I saw like the, the there was like a I think they split the last storyline into two movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, and we we saw the first one of those, and then I I had no desire. I had no interest in even finding out what happened. Um, so you know, yeah, I've, I've kind of seen those last two movies on on okay, but I, I've never been able to sit through all of them when my nephews have been watching. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, but no, but back, I guess Dirty Harry is the actual topic. So I yeah. So well, but yeah, I don't know. I think I pretty much exhausted my thoughts on this. Yeah, so, I would say too. I'd say it's been fun. We've had a lot. You know, this has been. This was, you know, I guess we'll get back to the Horror Express when uh, when this is over. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it's been interesting being able to go over the Dirty Harry movies and have discussions about them and. Um, and also, I find these discussions are helpful in clarifying my own opinions and thoughts about them. So it's useful <laughs> for that, too. Um, but no, I don't know. I just I think that it was cool that we got to, you know, do a real day. I, 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 I was lucky enough to get to do a discussion of the first Dirty Harry movie, but that we got to do all of them. Oh, was, so, you know, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. it's not something I ever would have thought about doing is sitting down and watching all these movies but it, it actually has been very interesting watching yeah. this all in a row so i'm glad you suggested this well and it's and it's an interesting series because it does play out over two decades and so you get like yeah. a real i don't know there's there's there's, there's, a, there's always an interesting sort of well okay this is what was going on then and this is how you know you know how does how well does this reflect the times and how does that enhance the movie or detract from it so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, and, and this is kind of like, I don't know, I feel like this is when 80, 80s movies were kind of on their last leg around now, I think. And I think this is kind of part of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember, I don't know exactly when it was, but I remember there was like a really sad year of going to the movies, like 1989 or so. I can't I can't exactly remember where I felt like it was the year Batman, the movie came out. That was, yeah, the big movie yeah that, that, that would be the year then where every movie kind of had that vibe to had a weird vibe. There were like a lot of movies like, like, I don't know when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, maybe that was 90, but there were just a lot of movies coming out that felt, I don't know, untethered to reality in a way. Do you like know what I mean? UH, UHF was 1989. That was untethered to reality. Well, and that, but that gets a pass. Cause it's a weird <laughs> I know. That's, that, that's, 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 that's an anomaly. That, that, that's like a, a <laughs> weird owl was just on his own. Yeah. Thing, so, and, yeah. and that was also, and that was equally weird. Like, but, but every movie just, I don't know. I just remember like some, I know what you mean. Yeah. There, it definitely. Cause yeah. Like the, it was definitely a trend at that point. Like Rocky five but, had that vibe too. There was just like something about yeah. Rocky five. that, And I think that might've been 90. I can't remember if it was 89 or 90, but that period, like just before Goodfellas, which I think starts to redeem movies again, you know. But like, like the movies like leading up when to that. When did Goodfellas come out? It was nineteen ninety, I think. Was it? Okay, wow. I, yeah. I think it was nineteen ninety. Um, that I mean, yeah. I I distinctly remember. I remember like hating every movie that I saw 
it was like a slew of movies like that. And like, what was the one with um, Madonna and what's his name? Um, the comic book Sean movie. Penn? No, not Sean Penn. No, that's a good movie. Uh, oh, no, that no, that's a terrible movie. No, um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why. For some reason, I thought you were talking about um, uh, Carlito's Way. And then I was like, wait, Madonna's not in that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. That, that was fine. Society. That de- yeah, de- I know people like Dead Poet Society, but that I, don't. I would file that in the same thing. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a fan. I'm, movies like Dead Poet Society, movies like, um, oh God, what is it? The, the Dick Tracy. I don't remember what year Dick that Tracy was. Came later. That was nine. That came, that was a response to Batman. Like was Batman it? Okay. Was eighty nine. It came out nineteen ninety. I think uh, Dick Tracy came out. Okay. But yeah, that was that was. Uh, I was still file that, that same. Train. But it was still that same thing where it, there were just a bunch of movies like that that were garbage. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I I am not going to defend Dead Poet Society. So if you're looking for an argument, you know it's funny. Get it. The la- the last time, actually, I think the only time I watched Dead Poet Society all the way through, I had just been robbed in Europe. Like I went, I I've only been out of the country properly like once, and I went to yeah. Italy and I got robbed in Venice, and we had no money left, and we had to go back to our hotel room, and the the person behind the desk took pity on us because they were like, oh, you like don't have any money now, and so. They're like, well, we have movies here if you want to watch some movies. And so we ended up watching Dead Poets Society. And, now, oh, and so on top of not liking Dead Poets Society, I also associate it with having just been robbed and being in a foreign country. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a wonderful association. Yeah, yeah I, I just... I don't know. It's one of those movies that feels really contrived to me. I just can't. Uh, it's like American Beauty is the same kind of thing. It's, I feel yeah. like it's, 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 this is this is such garbage drama. It, it's not real. It's like it's like Dances with Wolves. It's the it's the kind of movie you're supposed to like. You're supposed to say you like yeah, this movie, I mean, even if you don't yeah. like it. I've never liked Dances with Wolves. I've never liked. Dead Poet Society. Dances with Wolves. I'd, I'd rate above those two because at least it can function as kind of some kind of entertainment yeah. movie i feel was well I'm, I'm just bitter because it beat out goodfellas uh <laughs> that year uh but uh because i think i think that's rules 90 as well right uh i i thought it was earlier than 90 i'd have to say i have to, i'd have to look it up but uh, uh weekend at I bernie's think... is 89 there's a good one <laughs> yeah yes when, when was mannequin when was Mannequin? Mannequin was, was earlier than that. Was it? I, uh, I remember I saw Mannequin in the theater. That's at least an interesting <laughs> premise. Mannequin is at least an interesting, interesting premise, and the woman in it was charming. You know what I mean? So there was like, you yeah, know, yeah, she was. I think that's the main reason I saw it. But yeah. uh, that was eighty-seven. Was it? Oh wow! I thought that was eighty-eight for some reason. But nope. okay, so stroll down movie memory lane aside. I think we'll uh, yeah, we'll adjourn yeah. here and. You know, hopefully we'll be back on the movie. If we're going to go completely off the rails, it's like people can just, we're we're not talking about dirty hair anymore. (laughs) You just go away. Well, it naturally led into a discussion about the climate of movies being made post 1988. So fine. I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so we'll be back. uh, I think we have some stuff lined up for uh horror express at some point i, I don't know what i don't know if it's going to be just me and you or if joel's going to be back on or what's going to happen there because i know he's been busy still so uh we'll yeah. find out and you know we may we... even have to invent another detour we'll see but uh 
If we do it, we need we need to do a clever one. It needs to be one that really like, because these Wait, have to be sustainable, okay. right? Like you know, like uh, I won't get into it now, but you know, we don't want we don't want to <laughs> yeah, we don't want to okay. we don't want to don't wanna drive down a road that becomes like a hellish no. place to be. Um, no. So so, anyways, uh, uh, we will let you go, and we will talk to you later.